Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Folks, we have a lot to talk about in the land of sports, and we definitely want to keep that conversation going after this show. How do you do that? It's very simple. You swing on over to odphpodcast.com. You join in the conversation on the social media accounts. They're almost all right there on the front page, except the brand new one since we're now part of the Hive social network that is sweeping over the millions and millions of online users. Uh, I could have done the rock intro, but okay. Yeah, I was thinking about it, but I'm like, I can't get my voice that well. True. Yeah, so I don't want to like half-ass it. But that's why we don't do that, and that's why we always just say go to the ODPH Podcast homepage, and you can find all the social media links. They're right there. You can also check out the T Public link, which you can go get some ODPH swag. The Patreon, which we did a special bonus for the listeners this uh, month. We dropped the Do you, do a Power Bomb review with Marty from Panel to Panel. Shout out to Marty. Nice. Yeah, we gave it to the general public, too. So the patrons, though, have had it for a few days now. So if you want that early access, you want the exclusive episodes, which I might sneak out one before the end of the month. I'm going to try to. Simple. One tier, $2 a month, and a whole lot of content on the way. Check out Parlay Points blogs. I, we always got something going on there. And mm-hmm. you can also check out the directory, which, Pat, how many providers are we on? Uh, 121,000. Sounds about right to me, so I'm not going to argue that. The classified section, which has friends of the show, such as 3FN Podcasts, Organizational Link Support, and Black Lives Matter. All the pod groups we are in and a few other things, too. That's why I always say, if it's anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. And always remember on social media, use the hashtag ODPHpod. But I'm super excited. That's why I stutter a little bit when I do the intro because we want to get talking some sports. And when it's NFL season, that always kicks off the program. And we have to recap the week it was, but we have to give it with our locks and leaps picks. So, Pat, kick us off. Got to start with one of my locks. And listen, I ain't going to beat around the bush and wait until we go through all the other games to talk about this. I want to get this out of the gate right away because... Holy fuck, this game is incredible for a lot of different reasons. I knew you had this. And this was the New England Patriots to defeat the New York Jets, which they did by the final score of 10-3. to Mac Jones, 23 of uh, 27 for 246 yards passing, no touchdowns or interceptions. Zach Wilson, listen to this stat line, 9 for 22, 77 yards passing, no touchdowns or interceptions. Uh, for the New England Patriots, Damian Harris, your leading rusher, 8 carries, 65 yards, no touchdowns. Zach Wilson, your leading rusher for the New York Jets. Uh, three carries, 26 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, your leading receiver for New England. Uh, six catches, 56 yards, no touchdowns uh, for the Jets. Denzel Mims, uh, two catches, 35 yards, no touchdowns. Couple of interesting stats with this game. Oh. Uh, yeah, because good Lord, this is something all sorts of friggin' bonkers and wild that I was just like, wait, what? Uh, so for the in- second half, uh, the New York Jets had two total yards of offense Oh, geez. in the entire second half. Two? Two. And they had negative 21 passing yards in the second half. Good God, man. Yeah. How do you expect to win games that way? I have no idea. Well, first and foremost, we know this is the divisional rival game. So we knew both teams were going to step it up. 
And obviously, with how well the AFC East is playing as a whole, mm-hmm. like we forget about this. We oftentimes focus on the Bills and occasionally Miami. Yeah. And the Jets have snuck in there here and there. Yeah. But the Patriots have been hanging on ever so surely. And if the playoffs were going to happen today, all four teams would be in the playoffs. This is true. So this was a very big game. However, though, this goes to show a very big glaring spotlight uh-huh. that the Jets can't escape from. Zach Wilson is not the guy. Nope. I'm sorry. He's not. Nope. You can only produce under 100 yards passing yeah. at the NFL pro level. Yeah. And I'm sorry, this is not the defense of old from Belichick. No, God, no. This is a defense that can get exposed a lot. I'm like, I'm just being honest. Let's say Stephon Gilmore ain't in that backfield. You know, Aqib Tlaib, for a couple of years he was in New England, ain't in that backfield. And by backfield, I mean the secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, Darrell Revis, for like the one or two seasons he was up in New England, ain't in that secondary. Right. Like, our secondary's good, but it's not got the elite defensive player of the year shutdown guys we've had in the past. Exactly. This team can get points put on them. Yeah. So, the fact that the Jets, who defeated the Bills and everybody thought oh, yeah. everything you know was turning around for them, only could get three points on the Patriots mm-hmm. and was shut down oh, yeah. the entire second half. Like that was an embarrassing stat. Oh yeah. Proves that they're not there yet and Zach is not the guy. No, he he's clearly not the guy. I'm starting to think uh the head coach Robert Salah might not be the guy just because this you know, for as much shit as he talked, you know, for these now I want to say four New England games they played each other. You know, they've gotten hosed each and every one of those times. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the one game, I believe it was last year at the start of the year, you know, where I was genuinely nervous because you had Mac. He was a rookie quarterback. And yeah. The new head coach. And what are we going to get? And then Zach Wilson went through like five interceptions or, or something ridiculous like that. You know, so I'm thinking the head coach might not be the guy. The quarterback, Zach Wilson, is clearly not the guy because I know uh, they brought this up on, on one of the ESPN shows this morning. How a lot of these young quarterbacks, you know, they're not fully developed yet, but they have flashes of brilliance. I mean, you look at what Justin Fields is doing right now. You look at what Jalen Hurts is doing down in Philly. You know, even Trevor Lawrence is, is showing some glimpses of like, yeah, he's got some moxie there. He's got a he's a little polishing around the edges. He's a little rough, but, you know, he's got some potential. What the fuck is Zach Wilson in the two, three years he's been in the NFL shown you? You know, and especially you look at a quarterback in the NFL. They're the leader in that locker room, no matter what how many years of experience are on the bio. Mm-hmm. One, you know, one year. Two year, three years, 15, 20, I don't care what it is. They are the locker room leader. They're the guys that, you know, take the arrows for the team when things go bad. Case in point, look at Josh Allen yep. in, in the uh, last week against uh, the Minnesota Vikings. There were a lot of issues that went wrong with that game, and there are a lot of fingers that could have gotten pointed in any number of directions for those Buffalo Bills. No, Josh Allen stood there post game and said, hey, it's on me. Mm-hmm. You look at Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, Tom Brady, all of those guys over the years, when things go wrong, say, hey, it's on me. I should have played better. Absolutely. So when Josh Allen got asked by a reporter during the postgame press conference, hey, do you think you let do you think you let the team down? And he went. No, you mean Zach Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Just yeah. To clarify Zach, You know, so Zach Wilson got asked during the post-game press conference, oh, do you think you let the team, the defense down with your play? No. 
Are you fucking kidding me? Yes, you did. You had negative 21 passing yards. Exactly. The fact that you put on this abysmal performance, yeah, you have to own it. And the fact that he's not doing this and just dodging that bullet, so to speak, is really telling. Because the one thing that we have to remember is it's New York media. Mm -hmm. So I can understand the head coach trying to talk that talk. I can understand it. I'm not saying I agree with it. But I can understand because you want to get those headlines. It's New York City. Obviously, the biggest media market in the world, they're going to be having a magnifying glass on you. You really got to step up and show up. You don't have the talent here to do this. I think for everybody that thought that Zach Wilson would finally turn the corner and give the Jets something, it's an empty pocket. Mm -hmm. There's nothing. I'm sorry, this kid is not the real deal. No. Sure, he was flashy in college, but where did he play? Brigham Young. Brigham Young. Who is not really, in my opinion, faced a lot of competition out there. No, it like they're you know, for their conference or, or their level of play, they're probably decent. But yeah, in, they're decent. But, but in but in terms of like putting them up against you know an Oklahoma, a Texas, you know a Michigan, a powerhouse, a powerhouse school, they're going to get fucking hosed. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like the kid can put up stats all day when he's in college, but you have to take a look at it when he's really faced adversity from a team that can really put pressure on him. This is a prime example with him being in over his head. In my opinion. I don't see anything that this kid did right in this game that mm -hmm. if I'm a Jets fan, I feel comfortable moving forward. You have a very solid defense. I will give them that. Sure. And sure. I, I said this too, when the Bills were going to be facing them, the the Jets' defense will hit them hard. Mm -hmm. So I know that they showed up. Oh, yeah. But if you're holding the Patriots to three, like and Mac had a day too. Sure. 246 on the air, in the air is nothing it's to sneeze pretty at. pretty decent, especially given the year he's having. Exactly. It's a very fair game for him. The Jets kept him in check till literally the last play of the game. Yeah, 25 seconds left. You know, you punt the ball, Patriots catch it, and then run it back for a touchdown, which was the first punt return for a touchdown in the NFL this year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And that left the game with like six or nine seconds left. Right. But the thing that's more telling before that is I was watching the game with Rich from three of them. Yep. And it looked like the Jets were lost in that final minute before they had a kick. Right. And they were very unsure. They're almost like running the clock out trying to get to overtime. Like it was kind of a weird setup that they were trying to do. Mm hmm. But I'm sorry, like if you are playing for overtime as how it is perceived, yeah. what are you doing out there? Mm -hmm. Like you should try to go get the game win. And if you can't, you're thinking you're going to kick it deep and you're putting a lot of pressure on your special teams. Right. You can't afford to do that because if you're giving the home team the ball with some time left, mm -hmm. they could pull something out. Right. And that's the thing, too, is, you know, now I will give the Jets this. The Patriots are not exactly known for their special teams. Oh, sure. You know, razzle dazzle you know they're good for maybe a kick return a year maybe a punt return a year if they're decent and, and i'm even thinking back to the days when Wes welker was here and he was our punt return guy you know th so they're not exactly a team so I, okay i get that but then at the same token you, you just completely blew coverage and everything else and let them run down the field basically unopposed yeah it's foolish and mm -hmm. they, they have burnt yeah no they did and, and it appears you know there are reports today that there are several players in on the defensive side of the locker room you know of the new york jets that are frustrated with uh zach wilson and are a little pissed off by what he said you know and rightfully so and rightfully so you know there's a lot of speculation he's lost the locker room which i would say i would think at this point uh but it appears the only person speaking up and saying anything is jets uh rookie wide receiver garrett wilson 
So reading from an article, in, well, parts of an article on ESPN.com from Rich Samini, uh, the rookie receiver told reporters, quote, this shit is sorry. We're out here looking sorry, and we know that we're not sorry. That's why, why it really hurts. We know we're better than that. That's why it hurts, close quote. Uh, the uh, the article goes on to say, where is it? Ba, 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 ba. Uh, quote, later he vented in front of his locker. He didn't na- uh, name names, but his rant seemed to be directed at Zach, at Zach Wilson and the coaches. Quote, I'm done with this. Uh, Garrett Wilson said the coaches, quote, have to put more trust in the receiver room and suggest that there's a lack of accountability. Quote, it starts in practice, he said. It's got to be better. The things we see and don't call out, it has to start getting called out. This is unacceptable. No one wants to feel like this, but that's not enough. Hopefully this is a wake-up for some people in the facility, people in the facility to get on their details, close quote. Uh, he did. He declined to single out anyone, saying, quote, it's all of us, close yeah. quote. This, this man is saying what Zach Wilson should. Exactly. Well, that's the whole point. They don't have a locker room leader as it's coming across. Like when you're watching the body language coming from this game, this is the, a crushing blow because mm-hmm. if they win this, arguably, sure, they're in that driver's seat to get in the playoffs in one of the lower seeds. But sure, they're, because sure. they're still in that talk. Like if they put something together, they can make a run. Well, I mean, because let's just let's just assume everything else in the in the division plays out you know, the way it did on Sunday, Mm -hmm. you know, so the bills pick up their win, you know, the dolphins are are doing what they do, you know, that would have put the jets at seven and three and tied with both the bills and dolphins for first place. Right. And then however else it would have broken out after, you know, the details and specifics of, well, this is why this team's ahead of this team is because the head to head win and playoff matchup, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. I mean, there's so first first place is on the line. Yeah. First place. They would have been tied for first place. Yeah. So the fact that they blew it, literally, yeah, is very telling that this team is not ready for primetime. No. Like, just when you think the Jets are going to turn the corner, they're not going to do this. And you can say, oh, well, it's just one game. Is it really, though? No. That's the situation you have, because with seeing how quickly that team turned, mm-hmm. and you can definitely tell there's problems in that locker room, how much that flipped like a light switch. Right is very telling of the culture of that locker room. In and, my and this is a team that was coming off of beating Buffalo mm-hmm. you know, by three points, went into the bye week, and, it, and you're coming off probably your, arguably your biggest win of the season. You know, their, only, their other wins in the season were against the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, Miami Dolphins, Green Bay Packers, and the Denver Broncos. Left ride. Yep. You know, so arguably their biggest win of the season, cons- mm-hmm. considering how, how everyone has picked Buffalo to do this season. Sure. So you're riding high. The emotions are high. You're feeling great about yourself. You got the bye week. You know, you ain't got to worry about too much. You get to watch some games, do work on some practice, watch some film. And then you come out and lay this turd and all of a sudden, you know, things are imploding in the locker room. This ain't something new. This has always been there. It's just, they were, you know, the cracks were waiting to really spread open. Yeah. So now you got to take a look at the offseason. If they don't make the playoffs Mm -hmm. and there's a sure chance they might not. They might not. Zach, I think, is gone. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if they're smart. And I think their coach is going to be on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Short, and, very short leash. And I think the problem is that when you're almost in that kind of Rex Ryan mode where you're promising a lot of things and it just doesn't come to fruition, you can get away with that in a smaller market. Mm-hmm. You can't get away with that in New no, York. Even no. if you're the Jets, you can't get away saying that because that's going to haunt you. Oh, yeah. So for them, they got to find some ways to put some wins together and at least find some kind of offensive spark. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I just don't think they're going to do that. On the flip side, I mean, the Patriots does a good win for them. Yeah. There's one that they definitely were 
hanging in there a little too much with the Jets. I think that they didn't take advantage of enough opportunities in the second half. Oh, sure. Both teams, for sure. Uh, now, looking at the schedule uh, going forward, uh, the New England Patriots are playing on Thanksgiving this upcoming week against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that is up in Minnesota. Week after that, they're playing on Thursday again, uh, playing the Buffalo Bills. After that, on week 14, they're on Monday Night Football playing the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and then on week 15, they're out. They have four primetime games in a row here uh, because week uh, 15, they're on Sunday Night po- Football playing the Las Vegas Raiders. That could be subject to change, though. Could be. Because with just how bad the Raiders are, not, could not, be. not taking a shot at the Pats. Could be. So, I mean, anything's possible there. And, I mean, the Jets, well... Uh, well, this upcoming uh, Sunday, they have got the Chicago Bears. Uh, then they've got the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that's on the road. Uh, week 14, they are up in Buffalo playing the Bills. Uh, and then week 15, they are at home playing the Detroit Lions. So if they go 2-2, two and two, I think that'll be a, a overall win. Mm-hmm. I could see them going one in three in that stretch. Yeah, Sun tells me Buffalo is going to want to get a, a little bit of revenge back for that game earlier this year. Oh, absolutely. Chicago, with the way Fields is playing, I can see Chicago winning that game. Minnesota should beat them. Should is the key word. Should beat them. Yeah, you know Buffalo should beat them. But again, divisional game, you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Detroit, they should beat. But then again, this is the Jets. Yeah. So the Jets give you absolutely no faith to back them whatsoever. Good win for the Pats. Yeah. Next up. Uh, next up was one of my leaps and. And I chose the Chicago Bears to defeat the Atlanta Falcons, which did not happen because the Atlanta Falcons uh, defeated the Chicago Bears by the final score of 27 to 24. Uh, Marcus Mariota, 13 of 20 for 131 yards passing, one touchdown, no interceptions. Justin Fields, 14 of 21 for 153 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Tyler Algier, uh, apologies if I butchered that name, uh, leading rusher for Atlanta with eight carries, 55 yards, no touchdowns. Justin Fields, the leading rusher for Chicago with 18 carries, 85 yards, and one touchdown. Kyle Pitts, your leading receiver for Atlanta with three carry, three catches, 43 yards, no touchdowns. And then David Montgomery led for Chicago with three catches, 54 yards, and no touchdowns. Pat, who is Atlanta? What is Atlanta? Atlanta is winners. Yeah, they are. I mean, a very surprising game. I will say there there wasn't a lot of highlights here, though. No. So that's something we got to remember. Uh, Pitts after the game, though, is on IR. So yeah, M- uh, MCL, PCL, something. Yeah. It's a something CL injury. Yeah, so I think, unfortunately, his season is done. Yep. But this game turned out to be more competitive than I thought it was going to be. I think Chicago might have found that offensive spark mm-hmm. in Justin Fields. He is trying to do everything in his physical power. Yeah. To put points on the game. Uh-huh. And you can say it's good or bad thing that he's the leading rusher. I think for Chicago, listen, anything is good if it's on the plus side. This is true. So I don't think anybody can be super mad about it. Um, it's just a matter of, like, when you start thinking of the role players on there, who's really stepping yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it reminds me a little bit of some of the early uh, Lamar Jackson stuff. Yeah, you know, I where can he, see that. Where he's running all over the field, but he could pass. And Justin Fields is the same way. You know, he can run, he can pass. It's just the difference between the two is Lamar had guys to throw to. Yeah. You know, he had Hollywood Brown. He had, uh, what is it, uh, Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the receivers for Chicago, and I mentioned David Montgomery, but you've got Cole Komet, who's, he's all right. I mean, he had three for 35 and no touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, but you also had Dar- you also have uh, Darnell Mooney, mm-hmm. uh, Equamius St. Brown, Chase Claypool, uh, and then Treston Ebner. Yeah, Claypool should be doing more. Should but... be more, but, you know, two for 11 with no touchdowns. Yeah, just going to leave that one alone. Yeah. But 
this is where I think Chicago is going to start showing flashes of brilliance. I mean, like I say, I'm not expecting them to make the playoffs by any means, but if you can start enticing that there might be a future here with Fields at the helm, sure. I think that's the biggest win. I mean, they're showing sparks and they're showing some uh, positive steps forward, but is it enough to get them in the playoffs? No, but it's showing some like, hey, if you if you make the right moves in the offseason with free agency and then with the draft, you got some promise going forward. Exactly. And for Atlanta, I mean, there's nothing really nice to say. I mean, they, they Thank, showed up. Thanks they, for playing. They could sneak in the, that playoff, though, because the AFC, or NFC South is that bad. The NFC South is absolute garbage. Uh, looking at the playoff standings, Atlanta is actually currently in the nine seed. Yeah. Uh, they are uh, five and six. They've got the Washington Commanders, who are ahead, bum, of, bum, bum, bum. Uh, who are ahead of them at six and five. So, I mean, they're right there. Yeah. Uh, looking at the schedules for the Atlanta Falcons, ironically enough, they have the Washington Commanders this upcoming Sunday. Uh, after that, they play the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've got a bye week in week 14, and then they come back uh, to play the uh, New Orleans Saints, although interestingly, that one's to, time is to be determined, so we'll see when that one gets placed. Mm. Uh, and then for the Chicago Bears, they have got the New York Jets this upcoming Sunday, followed by the Green Bay Packers in week 13, a bye week in week 14, and then they come back against the Philadelphia Eagles in the uh, week 15. Hmm. God, the fucking... Bears after their bye week. They've got the Eagles, Bills, Lions, and Vikings. That's a tough stretch. Wolf. That's a tough stretch. Wolf. But the bar is set very low, so I think if anything, it would be a Justin Fields showcase. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, do I think he's going to get nominated for MVP? No. No, but at least he's giving the Bears hope. And that's the biggest takeaway you can have here. Which they haven't had since what? The Rex Grossman days? Yeah. It's got to be somewhere around there, too. Yeah. I mean, their defense was always very, very good during that time, but. Yeah. Now, I mean, all eyes are on Justin Fields. So, I mean, if you can keep producing yards, I mean, that's a win. Mm-hmm. So, I can't stress that enough. Like, that's the only take home from this game. Yeah. Atlanta won, which, like I say, is two right. bad teams playing. So, somebody's got to win. Yeah. You know, you would think. You would think. So, that being said, uh, we'll just go on to the next game. Mm-hmm. And that would be my leaps. So, because Pat and I both had the same locks. And this was an interesting game, though, because I thought – Minnesota was going to come out swinging. Mm-hmm. I really did. I thought that okay, this is going to be a team that yeah. just beat the Bills. Yeah, you're you're at home. Yep, nine and one is in the grasp. Mm-hmm. And then what the hell happened? Lord have mercy, I have no goddamn idea. But the Dallas Cowboys put an absolute whooping on the Minnesota Vikings by the final score of forty to three. Uh, Dak Prescott, 22 of 25 for 276 yards passing, uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Kirk Cousins, 12 of 23 for 105 yards, no touchdowns or interceptions. Tony Pollard was your leading rusher for Dallas with 15 carries, 80 yards, no touchdowns. Delvin Cook led for Minnesota with 11 carries, 72 yards, no touchdowns. Tony Pollard also led in receiving for the Dallas Cowboys. Six catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns. And then TJ Hawkinson led for Minnesota with five catches, 34 yards, and no touchdowns. So after watching this game, what is your initial reaction to Minnesota? Well, watching this game for as much as I could because I was busy. You know, so I got home from some uh, activities on Sunday. I was busy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was watching the game while I'm doing some laundry, making some uh, making some dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I had the game on because I'm like, hey, I haven't really been able to watch any football all day. It was the only game on in the later games in our area, so I was like, all right, you know, I'll watch. You know, I went to sit down and eat my dinner, and they're showing the score the score like they would at halftime on CBS. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, because of the score of this, like I, I saw at one point, I think I saw Ezekiel Elliott's second touchdown. And then I, you know, went to do, change my laundry over, make my dinner. 
And I sat down and all of a sudden it was like 30 something to three and CBS is like, yeah, we're going to switch you to a more competitive game. And I went, what the fuck happened? Yeah. You know, so for what I saw with the game on Sunday before they switched it over, you know, it just looked like Dallas was clicking on all cylinders and they had Minnesota's number. You know, I think for Minnesota, this is kind of a bump in the road. I, I don't think this is indicative of any cause for concern is just, Hey, it's a bad week. And, and you had some bad play. You, you bounce back from it and you come back next week for Dallas. It's a good game. Mm-hmm. I, I want to give them their due, but you know, if you are this good that you beat one of the best teams in the NFL, why can't you do this week in and week out? You, you know, if you are this good, you should play this good every single week. Now I understand that some weeks, Hey, like much like Minnesota stuff goes wrong. Bad plays, missed miss, uh, coverages, whatever else. But if you're this good, it shouldn't be like a question of, well, are you going to win this week or no? You should be going into this week knowing, going, no, yeah, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest takeaway I had from this is we saw the real Kirk Cousins. Cousins is the one of the most inconsistent players we've seen. Mm-hmm. He got up for the Bills game, played out of his mind, and then you face Dallas at home, mind you. Yep. And this is one of the situations when he has a really good game, he usually doesn't have a back-to-back good game. He was really, in my opinion, just thinking he was going to turn on a switch, just watching the body language a little bit. And Dallas just came out swinging. I think that they understood the deal. They understood that Minnesota was looking to go 9-1. and one. Obviously, with Philly losing. Right. This had a lot to to weigh in on, but I think that Dallas understood the situation. They understood the yeah. assignment, and they definitely went yeah. in there and imposed their will. When they got Ezekiel Elliott running, that's a good thing. Pollard, though, I mean, has taken over as that's his team. Pretty much. like He is the franchise guy right now, in my <laughs> opinion. It's just they're paying Zeke so much they can't afford to just sit him. Right. So it's a weird kind of dynamic they have in Dallas, but this is you know Dallas Economics 101, in, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I know we're going to get in, uh, a tweet about that. But Dallas went in there, and they definitely punched them in the mouth and set the tone early. I mean, when it's 23-3 to three at halftime, Mm-hmm. There really isn't a lot to say, and then they came out swinging in that third quarter, and especially when you're seeing Dak connect with Pollard yeah. for big yards, that's huge. And especially this is something that if they want to make a run in the playoffs, they're going to need to do. They're going to have to really shift a lot of focus to Pollard, and Pollard's got to take over games. Mm-hmm. This is a great example of what they can do because Minnesota is a playoff team, but ultimately it lives and dies on Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. He needs to produce. He needs to do it. He is getting the paycheck for it. And you know what? If you're not producing those results, yeah, this is going to hold your team back. And this is one of those games that, yeah, they should have won. Oh, yeah. But he could not get the ball going. Right. Dalvin Cook, I mean, when you slow him down and keeping him under 100 yards, I consider slowing him down. Oh, yeah. You're going to shut this team down. Yeah. You're going to beat them. And this is what happens because you're not going to – Cousins is not going to win in a shootout. Oh, God, no. It's just not going to happen. God, no. Sure. Did he get lucky against the Bills? Yeah, but I think that had to do more Josh Allen pressing himself than anything. Could be. And I don't th- I don't think it's a true testament of, of Cousins being an elite quarterback. I can't say that. He's good and in spaces, mm-hmm. but not overall. Yeah. So that said, I don't know exactly how Minnesota is going to go from here. I know that their schedule is kind of a little interesting for me moving forward. Yeah, so for Minnesota, they like we mentioned, they've got the New England Patriots this upcoming Thursday uh, on Thanksgiving. Uh, after that, they've got the New York Jets, Detroit Lions, and then the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and then on the flip side for the Dallas Cowboys, 
They've got the New York Giants this upcoming Thursday on Thanksgiving. So, whoa, boy, that's got some implications. Yeah. Uh, after that, they've got the Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Dallas could sneak in there and make some noise, depending on how Philly plays out. Yeah. So I think that they're clicking at the right time. I think Minnesota, even though on paper it doesn't look like it's that tough of a stretch, mm-hmm. I could see them splitting, even going a 1-3 and three in that route. Sure. It just depends on what Cousins does in the game. Mm-hmm. If he shows up and he balls out, he's he's great, but he has to get motivated. Like I think he'll bounce back next game. Right. I really do because he's hearing it all this week that you fucking better not bounce back next game. Take a week, bounce back after next yeah. week. Well, you think, but if he if he takes another loss this week, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, mm-hmm. and he's got to step up and produce. And like I said, when you can go, you like that and, and get into that mode. Yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. But then when you see him partying and dancing on the plane with all the players' chains on, yeah, yeah like yeah. that's the sign that he's really feeling himself a little too much, mm-hmm. and that he's not going to produce. Mm-hmm. So, which one are we going to get this week? I think we get the bounce back one. I hope not. But we'll have to wait and see. But if they're going to make the run, they need to find that fine balance. Right? They don't have that balance. It's all right. going to be for nothing. So that kind of makes it a little tough mm-hmm. for how you're going to predict the playoffs. Because I'll tell you what, one team that is definitely not going there. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And I thought with my leap, like, it's division, it's Cincinnati, who's Mm -hmm. having a down year. Mm -hmm. Maybe, just maybe, they could pull off the win. Mm -hmm. And then, Pat, what happened? Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals, while wearing their all-white uniforms, which which looks fucking awesome, mind you, uh, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 37-30. Joe Burrow, 24 of 39 for 355 yards passing, four touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, Kenny Pickett, 25 of 42 for 265 yards passing, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, Samji uh, Perrine was your leading rusher for Cincinnati. 11 carries, 30 yards, no touchdowns. Najee Harris led for Pittsburgh with 20 carries, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Receiving was T. Higgins was the leading receiver for Cincinnati with nine catches. Holy fucking shit. 148 yards receiving, no touchdowns. And then George Pickens led for Pittsburgh with four catches, 83 yards, and one touchdown. Pickens had a really good game. I think that's something for Pittsburgh to yeah. really look forward to, obviously with their carousel of wide receivers. Oh, God, yeah. So if Pickens can keep developing, I think that's good. I really think it's going to be good for him. But end of the day, Cincinnati did sneak this one out. Like mm-hmm. This was not a pretty game by any stretch of the means. No. But Joe Burrow did Joe Burrow things. And I think if he can get the ball moving, especially with Jamar Chase being out, he needed somebody to step up. Perrine did. Oh, yeah. T. Higgins did. So when you can get those role players really moving, that's huge. Yeah. And I think that that'll be enough that if they get in the playoffs, they could make a run too. Mm-hmm. But it just depends if they can stay healthy and if that defense. Yeah. The defense let Pittsburgh put up 30 on them. We need to talk about that. Yeah. That's, yeah. a, that's a sign of concern. Well, and it's, it's also a sign of concern, but I also it's a sign of concern, I think, in terms of second half adjustments but just because looking at the box score uh it was 20 to 17 at halftime mm-hmm. and then you can come out of the gate in the second half cincinnati puts up 20 to pittsburgh's 10 yeah you know so that's that's a little concerning especially for mike tomlin who's beaten like every who's beaten every other team in the nfl minus pittsburgh because duh yeah you know but that that's a little concerning for pittsburgh now re- uh, granted I realize that they're not expected to go that very far. They're not even expected to win the division this year because, well, they're not that good. Mm. But still, for a Mike Tomlin-led team who's always been known you know, for their defense, 
It's a little concerning. It's definitely concerning. It's something they're going to need to take a deep look at in the offseason. Right. But I think the big takeaway you have from here is the Bengals are definitely hanging on. Oh, yeah. And they're going to scrap. They're hanging on, and they're also hanging over because, God, 30 points is a lot to give up. Yeah. To a Pittsburgh-led team who, Kenny Pickett's your your starting quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger and Terry Bradshaw, he is not. No, he's definitely not. And Franco Harris and and, and, uh, Jerome Bettis ain't exactly coming through those doors, you know, for a third down conversion. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they definitely got a lot of work to do, and I think for Pittsburgh – they're going to need to really focus on that. But Cincinnati, I think that they won gritty. How long they can keep doing this, that's going to be the big question. And I think they also have to watch out for injuries too. Because if Joe Mixon starts slowing up a little bit, Perrine's going to have a lot of pressure right, on him. Right. You can do this against a Pittsburgh team, but can you do this against some of the upper echelon teams? That's the big question. Right. Well, I mean, I'm looking at the standings. So for the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens are currently in first place at 7-3. and three. Uh, They're Bengals are in second place at six and four. Then you've got the Browns at three and seven, and the Steelers at three and seven. So, I mean, just looking at how the uh, Ravens have been playing, they're currently on a four-game winning streak, beating the Browns, Bucks, Saints, and Panthers. So, and especially with just the way Lamar's been playing this year, probably not going to get the division. Just because no. Lamar's balling out of his mind. So, I think for the time being, you know, never say take your eye off of it, but. Take your eye off of it at this point because I don't think you're going to get it. But as, as we currently uh, sit here recording, the Bengals are currently in the seventh seed uh, yeah. with the same record as the New England Patriots who are in the sixth seed uh, and then the New York Jets who are in the eighth seed. So if they can just hang on, I think they'll be okay, but I think they're not going to make a deep run unless they can no. put the magic together. Like They really need no. to tighten up that defense. And if Burrow can get clicking with the other role players, mm-hmm. that's the thing because Jamar Chase has always been a safety blanket. Yeah. He doesn't have that this season. No. So what's he going to wind up doing? That's where we kind of have to move forward and focus on. Mm-hmm. So interesting week, though, of the locks and leaps, but we have to get to the recap of the rest of the league. So, Pad, take us away. Yeah, so uh, the Thursday night game was the Tennessee Titans beating the Green Bay Packers by the final score of 27-17. to 17. Man, Green Bay is done. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say. Uh-huh. Aaron Rodgers, I'm not doubting he just bounces at the end of the season. I'm really convinced of that. Could be. Uh, the only concerning thing is, well, one, I'd have to look up what his contract status is in terms of how many years he's got left, and B, if that's, well, 1A or, you know, whatever, uh, or 1B, I should say. You know, if he's got multiple years left on his contract, what's the dollar amount? Because that could hamper a lot of teams. You know, so but if it's uh, no years left on his contract, well, then that's real easy. No, I mean, obviously he's – Got that whole new deal worked out. So I don't exactly know how that plays, but I could just see him retiring and saying I'm out. Could be. I That's where I fully see him doing. I think he's, they'll work out a settlement. He's just going to write off, and it'll be Jordan Love's time. That would be a little scary for Packer fans, though. Uh, oh, God. Lord have mercy. Uh, folks, he's got years left on his deal. Uh, he is currently in the first year of a three-year, $150.8 million contract. Uh, and so, yeah, he's he's – he doesn't become a uh, unrestricted free agent until 2025. Yeah. Whoa. That's, that's why I said I, I could see him retiring. Yikes. I could really see that because he looks just checked out. No matter what is going on, he just looks checked out. Good win for the Titans, though. Uh, yeah. Still not really sold on them for a future moving forward, but yeah. still 
a solid win for them, nevertheless. Yeah. Uh, the Buffalo Bills beat the Cleveland Browns by the final score of 31-23 to in Detroit because Mother Nature decided to park her ass over Buffalo and dump, uh, what was it, 77 inches of snow mm-hmm. over their football field. Uh, yes, folks, the, if you, the height of the snow was that to equivalent of their quarterback, Josh Allen. Yes. It's fucking ridiculous. It's insane. If you can find the pictures online, definitely check them out. Yeah. Good win for the Bills, albeit though Cleveland did scrap with them. Mm -hmm. That's one thing we need to take away. The second half problems did show up again. Right. But I will say this. I think there is an altercation on the sidelines that is going very unnoticed. Ooh, really? That this is a catalyst. They did show at the end of the second quarter. Okay. Stefan Diggs blew up. At Sean McDermott. Oh. And he had to, like, they were hugging and they were talking, but it was heated, though. Sure, sure. And Diggs was venting the frustration. Sure. Because at the point of the game there, he really was not getting the ball. Right. So after that altercation, Mm -hmm. they went to halftime. Right. Josh came out and was like Josh of earlier in the season. Okay. Very poised not rushing anything, letting the defense dictate what he was going to do. They looked like a day-and-night offense. And I know they got Singletary moving with the ball. James Cook had a great game, too. Mm -hmm. I was surprised they stopped running him as much as they did. Right. But the Bills' offense looked very, very solid. Right. The thing that got scary for me, though, is in the second half, that defense, I'm not going to say gassed out. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think they were relying too much on Poirier. I'll say they, they, just looking at the box score alone because it wasn't able to watch the game. Uh, it does seem the Bills' defense was running on fumes because of this, and, and I can see with the whole Stefan Diggs thing, I can see the frustration just because at halftime this was thirteen to ten in favor of Buffalo, mm-hmm. and you got and we got to know this is a Cleveland Browns team who yes does have Kareem Hunt and yes does have Nick Chubb as one of their running backs, and yes they do have Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones as some of their receivers, you know. And, and David Njoku, another one of their receivers. But this is also an offense that is currently, until a couple of weeks, led by Jacoby Brissett, which as much as I love as I have for the guy, because, hey, he was a former Patriot, not exactly striking fear in me if I'm going up against him in Madden this mm-hmm. week. You know, so, and especially the defense. Yes, they do have Jadavion Clowney on that defense, and, and they do have some decent guys on defense. That defense ain't exactly scaring me. You know, this ain't exactly, you know, the Baltimore Ravens of, like, like the early to mid-2000s. You know, where I'm like, holy fuck, we got to go against the Ray. You know, we got to go against Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Terrell Suggs and those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so you should be beating them. But then, to your point with the Bills defense, I mean, just looking at the box score, box score again. So, like we mentioned, it's 13-10 to 10 at halftime. Uh, the Bills gave up no points uh, in the third quarter. The Browns gave up nine. Uh, but then in the fourth quarter, Cleveland scored 13 points to Buffalo's nine. Yeah, and they would have scored again, too, if it wasn't for the onside kick that they botched. Like, that's the one takeaway that we have to have. As, as a Bills fan, you will always hear on here, I'm a very realistic Bills fan. This is true. I'm probably one of the few that get on this podcast, they get on a podcast and actually give it to you like this. Their defense was very, very weak in the secondary and late in the fourth quarter. Like, they were letting Peoples-Jones and Cooper get open for big plays. Oh, yeah. Cooper and, had uh, 113 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Help for my fantasy team. Oh, it was it, big time because he was getting open on the corners and, and even just going over the middle, too. But another takeaway that they had is they did not stop Cleveland 
for eight first downs in the first half. Jesus. Like, they were blowing a lot of third downs where they should have been stopping them. Jesus. Yeah, like, that is a very telling sign that their defensive scheme was completely taken off. Maybe they got overhyped up about slowing down Nick Chubb, which, I like, I don't blame them. Could be. Because if you hold him to 19 yards, that's huge. But when you're getting beat by Jacoby Brissett, who should have just been, like, letting it all hang out because next week – uh, Mr. Watson comes back. Yeah, yeah. So it's a situation you want to kind of show up and play for. Like, I know Rich was talking about this as well, and I agree with him about the stat. I think that you need to just leave it all on the field and go for broke. Right. And I think he started realizing that in the second half. The first half was very conservative, but the Bills were putting a lot of pressure on him too. Right. I mean, that's the one thing they did nicely. But yet again, we're seeing these patterns of the second half where they just don't get the ball rolling enough to be consistent it's something that i'm hoping they get fixed as they move forward uh-huh but if they don't i'm going to tell bills fans right now temper those expectations about a deep run in the playoffs i think josh played solid enough for the offense so i did like what i saw there in the second half but that defense is starting to make me have pause for concern mm-hmm. i mean in the bills this game should have been more just because it's jacoby Brissett. You know, he's he's a journeyman. He's a filler. He's a stopgap, obviously, until Deshaun Watson comes back in a couple of weeks. You know, he's not exactly striking fear in you. I mean, this was his second highest. I was looking through his stats on ESPN.com. This is his second. This was his second most yards he's passed in a game. Mm-hmm. The only one he beat was a couple of years ago in, uh, what is it, 2019, where he played the Houston Texans and he put up 326. Yeah. So he was two yards short of his career high in passing. This is the Bills' defense, which admittedly, I know you have said and others have said, we're missing some pieces on defense, but still. Yeah, their secondary is beat up badly. But still, this is Jacoby Brissett, and this is still a Bills' defense that's pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. No, Jacoby Brissett burning you for 324 is not like full-blown concerning, but it's like, eh, okay, this is a little odd. It's something to have an eye on moving forward. I know the Bills got Detroit this week. Yep. And then I think Cleveland has got Houston which would mark the return of Deshaun Watson. He is coming back against the Houston game, which I'm pulling up their schedule right now. Let's see. Uh, no, the, so it's another week. So this another up, week. this upcoming week, the Browns are playing Tampa Bay. That's at home. Uh, and then the week after is Houston. So I think, I think at this point, if I remember reading correctly, Deshaun Watson can be in the facility for practicing. Yeah, he's practicing now. For practicing stuff, but he cannot come back and play until the week after, so the December 4th game. Yeah. So it's interesting to watch, though, for for the Bills, though. I did like what I saw. I just don't understand, one, why you did not. I don't care what they want to say. Everybody knew that game was going to get canceled. Why were they were not in Detroit on Thursday? I think the only reason it would have gotten canceled was because you couldn't get enough players there. Just because I know there was the one, and I apologize, I forget the guy's name, but I saw SportsCenter shared this offensive lineman for Buffalo's. Mm. Uh, Instagram story, but this offensive line, you can find the video on Sports Center's various social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, they're not on Hive yet. Yeah. Uh, but they shared this offensive lineman's Instagram story where it was like the entire neighborhood where he lived was using their shovels and plows to get him out so he could get to 
the the airport so they could leave because for whatever reason like you said they hadn't left yet and i know there was some concern about the buffalo airport or the the orchard park buffalo airport because as of the night before because i know on the local radio station in our area that carries the games they were talking about this they were calling it tarmac gate Mm -hmm. because the night before buffalo was supposed to leave there were still feet plural uh of snow on the tarmac where the bill's plane was supposed to take off so yeah. I, th- I think that was the only reason the game would have gotten canned or or whatever was because they couldn't get out of buffalo or because that's the other thing too is the interstate out that way was shut down for those who don't know uh so either you know they couldn't get out of town or they couldn't get enough players there yeah and plus now they flew back to did, buffalo did they yeah they flew oh back Oh my god i thought they'd stay that would be the logical thing to do see that's what i was telling people including my mom i was like yeah no this story's wild you got all the snow in buffalo so i figured they just stay there an extra couple of day bring an extra pair of clothes and just stay there no they flew and oh now that god that's so dumb they're yeah i, I don't know what the exact reasons but i don't agree with them no i don't either we'll, Christ, we'll just officially chalk it up to reasons and leave it at that. But boneheaded stuff, I'm just hoping it doesn't yeah. come back to haunt them on Jesus. Thursday. Uh, next up. Uh, you had the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Indianapolis Colts by the final score of 17-16. to 16. Good God, man. What happened with Philly? One loss, and now we're, we're struggling against the Jeff Saturday-led Colts? Yeah, it's a bump, slight bump in the road. Every team goes through. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, Philly is lucky they snuck out with this one. You still, I mean, you still had a buck 90 and one from uh, Jalen Hurts. He rushed for 86 and one touchdown. Yeah, but big defensive laps yeah. for the Colts late. Yeah. They let uh, Hurts just walk in the end zone to yeah. ice that game. Yeah. So Philly's lucky they snuck away with this. The Colts... Jeff Saturday, I he's got this team playing well. Oh. I, it's it's crazy. Yeah, we'll it, see. Yeah, uh, you had the New Orleans Saints beat the L.A. Rams by a final score of twenty-seven to twenty. Matt Stafford's done. Yeah, um, I know that his. Like I will say this, I know he went into concussion protocol. Right, uh, and I'm hoping for the absolute best. I would say for him, regardless, sure. I saw before he was taken out. Get him out of here. Like the season is done anyway. You're three and seven. You're not going to make a deep run. Right. Get your surgeries on your arm now. That's what I mean. Like he's done. And I think that whether he's cleared or not, he should just go right to the surgeries and be done. Right. Uh, and I'm reading from the injury report on ESPN.com for the uh, LA Rams. Uh, and this is as I'm showing again, this is as of November 21st. Uh, Matthew Stafford is listed as questionable. And it says, quote, after undergoing further testing Monday, the Rams have yet to place Stafford in the NFL's concussion protocol. Skylar Carlin of USA Today reports. <sighs> okay. I'm, I'm going to just say this, like, if you even, I'm hoping this doesn't turn out to be like another Tua situation, in my opinion. Oh my God! If it turns out to be another Tua situation, there is going to be literal hell to pay. Absolutely. Like I'm sorry, there's no reason. Like he took a bad hit, he should be sitting out. Uh huh. And then, like I said, if he just says, "Okay, my season's done," and then wants to go get surgery after that, if he's healthy enough to do it, that's where I'm trying to go with all this. Mm-hmm. That's the route he should go. Uh, but if he does go that route, it's not looking good for the Rams quarterback wise because their second string quarterback, John Wolford, is listed as out, which would leave the ball up to their third string quarterback, who is a second year player out of Virginia by the name of Bryce Perkins. Uh, for and for his career stats, he's played in two games. He's 6 of 11 and 61 passing yards with no touchdowns or interceptions. He played a little bit last in this game, too. He wasn't the worst. I, right. I will say that. Sure. But, but I think in the Rams situation, your season's done. Oh, it is. Like, yeah. just 
listen, get your guys healthy for next year and come back strong. Like, that's what you should do. Mm -hmm. This isn't anything great to write home about, except player close to my heart won the game, and that's Andy Dalton. This is true. You know, the man so, who has a key to Buffalo. Yes, he does. He's welcome in, in Bills Mafia anytime he wants to come through. So, good win for the Saints. Uh, you had the Detroit Lions beat the New York Giants by the final score Ooh. of thirty-one to eighteen. Whoa, Giants fans, talk to me. What happened? What happened? Oh my gosh, this is a bad loss. Yeah, it is. And I think the Super Bowl talk for the Giants, we need to pump the brakes. Cancel your uh, hotel reservations. Good Lord. Reschedule your flights. I'm not saying you can't go to wherever the hell the Super Bowl is this year, but reschedule for a different day. Exactly. This was bad. This is a very bad loss, especially at home. The Giants got punched in the mouth and Mm -hmm. did not recover. Mm -hmm. When you go scoreless for the second third quarters and you give up a combined 21 points. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Although, hey, shout out Detroit on a nice little three-game winning streak. Two of those three games against divisional opponents. See, I will be happy if this means Campbell keeps his job because I think he's, he's got awesome. he's got this team going in the right direction. But they are the kings of bad luck. Like literally, if they could close mm-hmm. three games earlier in the season, mm-hmm. we're talking a whole different story with this squad. But they find ways to choke and lose. That's their problem. However, though, they got out to that big lead. They never let up, and Jared Goff played a really solid game. He managed it very well. And you saw Jamal Williams have a a, a day. Yeah, 17 carries, uh, 64 yards, three touchdowns. The one time I sit him on my fantasy team. Oh, you hate to see it. Came back to haunt me. Well, you I hate it, to see it. I, I went with the hot hand in Carolina. And oh, okay. It, it wound up burning me there. Okay. So, But, you know, it is what it is. But for the Giants, though, it's it's you know, it's troublesome. Mm-hmm. That's why I said it's cause for concern. Yeah. So this is a situation they're going to need to bounce back in quick. They've got a very tough game against Dallas on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work for Detroit. You got to face Buffalo. We don't know how that's going to go. That could be a shootout. Yeah, that could be legitimately. That we could be talking about like a. 38 to 41 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, shout out to both the Bills and the Lions social media teams. Yes. Uh, for the back and forth they were having. And, and not in any like mean ways, just the back and forth they were having this week, you know, on social media with the Bills having to go play in the Lions stadium. And the Lions tweeted, you know, hey, uh, you know, numbers, important numbers are by the phone. Make sure you lock up when you're done and don't break the tables. Yeah. You know, to which the uh, Bills tweeted out a photo of a Microsoft Paint shot, paint uh, edited. Uh, photo of the Lions field where they put the Bills logo and then the Bills names in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, at Lions, hope you don't mind, but we did some redecorating. Hashtag Bills Mafia with a winking emoji, to which the Lions said, as long as it's fixed by Thursday. Yeah. Love, love the back and forth between those two teams. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I mean, that's they're just they took advantage of the situation and had some fun with it. So I can't go, I yeah. can't be mad about that. And speaking of the Carolina uh, Panthers, cool. uh, we don't even need to discuss this. Thirteen to three. Thirteen to three. Awful game. Baltimore won. Uh huh. Deontay Freed, uh, Foreman, who has been the hot running back that yeah. I was alluding to. Yeah. Twenty four yards. Oh. Yeah. This Ooh. this was a bad one. Baker Mayfield, uh, ninety six or one hundred ninety six yards passing, but two yeah. interceptions. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, though, uh, 209 in the air, one interception, and not bad. just, yeah, not a good game. Nothing really to write home about. Yeah. Uh, bad win, I guess, for Baltimore. Yeah. Especially at home uh, to a Carolina team that, quite frankly, is Sucks. awful. Yeah. Next up. Uh, you had the Washington Commanders 
bum, 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 bum. Uh, beat the Houston Texans 23 to 10. Oh, you want to talk ugly games? Yeah. This, I do we even want to go over this? I'll just read some of that. You okay. know, they've 23-10. Tyler Haneke, 191 yards passing, no touchdowns, interceptions. Davis Mills, 169, two interceptions. Uh, Gibbs, Antonio Gibson, 72 rushing yards. Uh, Davis Mills, 10 rushing yards. Uh, Logan Thomas, although not to be confused with the offensive lineman, Logan Thomas, uh, 65 yards receiving. Brandon Cooks showing flashes of brilliance past, 70 yards receiving. So ugly game, but, hey, somebody had to win it. Yeah, exactly. Like, enough said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the Oakland Raiders, oh, Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. They played like Oakland in this they, one. They did uh, beat the Denver Broncos twenty-two to sixteen in overtime. De- uh, Devontae Adams with the walk-off touchdown in the bye-bye. Yeah, this was a good win for the Raiders. One they they desperately needed. Uh, Denver, mm-hmm. let's ride. Yeah. Let's ride off into the sunset because this was an ugly game for those guys, especially they just released Melvin Gordon today they as we're reading. So they did. nothing to write home about for them. I mean, it's a division game, so obviously if yep. you're a fan of both teams, you're going to get up for this. But this is a solid win for the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr, how come you can't play like this each week? <laughs> uh, that would be the question I would have. because Apparently he needs to cry more often. <laughs> listen, if he's got to do it, do it because he finally realized I have Devontae Adams on my team and that's the only person I should be throwing to. Because he's playmaking. Mm-hmm. He's doing the work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. It's nothing against Mac Collins, and obviously they've been hit with the injury bug all through the season. Yeah. But if you give the ball to Adams, you give the ball to Josh Jacobs, good things happen. So that's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. And Denver is not good. No. So you, no. you don't even need to worry about them as all. But the fact this win is overtime, I mean, just goes the Raiders are not as good as they should be. Well, it's also a divisional game. You know, for as mm-hmm. bad as as bad as a team is, you could have a team that is like winless. Yes. And and take a team that's in its division who's near perfect and take them into overtime. Yeah. So good win for the Raiders. I was happy to see that. Yeah. And Denver, well, thanks for showing up. Well, and hey, Derek Carr, if if your your motivating factor is tears coming out of your eyes, is crying, I uh, got some recommendations for you. Uh, Land before time. Well, one, Littlefoot's mom dies. Uh, Mufasa dies in The Lion King. You can watch Lion King. Oh, man. Or if all else fails, the opening to Up. If you make it through hell, one of those without crying, you're not human. Wow. You just... That's... If you need some motivation, there's some recommendations. Ice cold pad this week. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Uh, and then lastly, because we were recording on a Monday, so the Monday night game has not happened yet, uh, you have the Kansas City Chiefs beat the L.A. Chargers by the final score of 30-27. to 27. Uh, Getting taken out in this game, McCole Hardman's TV, if you haven't seen the photo. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> what happened? I broke my TV. No, folks, I really broke my TV, and then he posted the photo. Yeah. Shit is smashed. You know, this is the Chargers on the cusp of getting a W and finding a way to lose. This is why you never picked them for anything. No, I, this is, I legitimately, they could be undefeated going into the Super Bowl, and I would go with the other team, no matter what this team is supposed to be much better than they are. They're talented on both sides. I know Keenan Allen came back this week yep. and I wish I played him on fantasy, but I didn't. It is what it is, but they can't close out against the tough teams. They mm-hmm. they can't. Nope. This is a situation. They had the Chiefs on the ropes. They should have won yeah. outright, and yet we find a way to lose. They they fell to you know the trap that is with all great quarterbacks. Too much time left on the clock because yeah. you know they got the ball back with you know six minutes and change left, and you know uh, uh, 
deficit of 23 to 20. Mm-hmm. You know, they then went down the field and scored to put them up 27 to 23, which, hey, good for you. But also, that was with a minute 46 left in the game. Which, and I don't know how many timeouts there were because I was watching, you know, the Walking Dead series finale. You know, so to, regardless of how many timeouts are left, this is Patrick fucking Mahomes. Yeah. Too much goddamn time left. The greats will kill you. Yeah. And this is something the Chargers, I, for whatever reason, you can't figure this out. You can't. I, I'm sorry. Like, I really want to see this team do well. Sure. Like, I don't hate them. I'm sure. just like, you, see, know. The, you know, the teams and the fan base has been through enough shit. At this point, it's like the Cubs. You want to see them win a little bit. Yeah, I'd like to see them win if the Raiders aren't going to do well. I don't root against the Raiders. Sure. And the Chiefs, I, I have no love for. Yeah. So, this team should be doing better than they are. But sure. they're 500 at best. They legit are the middle of the road. The middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. The middle of the sandwich, so to speak. Like, there's nothing to it. I'm sorry. Like, there is nothing about this team that excites me thinking they're going to be a playoff team moving no, forward. Like, no. they're going to make a deep run. They're going to be one and done. I don't care if they sneak in somehow. They're going to be one and done because yeah. they can't put it together for a run. And this is a team that, with as good as Herbert is, and then you look at all the offensive weapons they got, should be a shoe into hell, at least contend for the championship game. Yeah. You know, and I'm not talking the Super Bowl. I'm talking the AFC Championship. No, they should game. be in the AFC Championship. They should be. Game. They should be. But no, like I said, they're the they're the middle of an empty sandwich. I'll put that analogy out there. Sure. Because sure, le- legitimately, they they look good on both sides. Yeah. But nothing in substance in the middle because they can't put it together. Yeah. Like legitimately, it's it mind boggling to the umpteenth degree that this team finds ways to lose like yeah. this. They're the LA Dodgers. Yeah. They're the LA Dodgers of the National Football League. All the talent in the world on paper. Yeah. And, and all the flashes of brilliance during the season, but then they just can't put it together. Yeah. So have fun staying in the mediocre lane because that's, yep. I'm sorry, that's where you're at right now. And then the, obviously the last game, but we can't really talk about it because, hey, it hasn't happened yet, is the 49ers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that's taking place tonight as we record uh, from Mexico City. That'll be a fun game. Uh, I do like Frisco in that one a lot. I think Arizona is just too puzzling right now. Currently, the, you know, say currently as recorded, the line is San Francisco by 10. Although I will, oh. Well, if I'm not mistaken and I'm looking it up now, I think Kyler Murray is out for the game. Which uh, yeah, So Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown is on injury reserve. DeAndre Hopkins is listed as questionable. And if I'm not mistaken, he's being li- uh, Kyler Murray is listed as questionable on the injury report. But if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he's playing tonight. That'll make for a very, very long game. Uh-huh. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, ESPN.com source, uh, Kyler Murray out for uh, the game tonight. A lot of headlines coming out of this week's NFL action, so definitely hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What is your thoughts about the current week of the NFL? How's your team doing? Are we talking playoffs? Or are we talking draft picks? What are we talking about? Hit us up on the hashtag and let us know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you tired of watching the same old awesome movies? Are B-movies more your style? Then the folks over at They Call This A Movie have you covered. Join us every Thursday as we review the worst of the worst in sci-fi, action, comedy, and more. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean at theycallthisamovie.podbean.com. They Call This A Movie, testing the strength of friendships, one terrible movie at a time. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH, and it's time to talk some pro wrestling, and there's only one thing about pro wrestling we're going to be talking about this week. Oh, yeah? Wall games. Oh yeah. Wall games. Survivor Series. Wall games. Survivor Series. Wall games. There you go. Oh my god, I'm so hyped up for this because Survivor Series needed a shot in the arm. If you're not familiar with it, it is the WWE's 
big pay-per-view of the fall slash winter season. It's the uh, Thanksgiving tradition. Yes, it is. But it's kind of gone away from that tradition because what they Mm -hmm. used to do is when way back in the 90s, they used to have survivor teams. So it'd be Mm -hmm. like a random mix of teams together. Whoever survives on those teams would team up again later in the night for who would be the sole survivors and go from there. And always just like a little fun one-off. In years past, or in more recent years, I should say, rather, they've kind of gone away from that format. They've treated more like a traditional wrestling card. They have implemented bragging rights between the two brands of Raw and SmackDown, even one year putting NXT in the mix. But now they've kind of gone back since uh, Vince McMahon is no longer there. Triple H wants to make it something special. And he has now brought in something they used to do in NXT all the time, and that is War Games, Mm -hmm. which is the two-ring steel cage match Mm -hmm. that definitely will put on some spotlights, put on some headlights. It will definitely get you watching it. There's always something wild that happens in it. So definitely excited for that. But there's a couple matches on this uh, card before Wall Games Mm -hmm. that we need to discuss. So let's break it down. Uh, So the first matchup we're going to talk about is probably, I'm going to guess if it's not, because obviously the men's War Games match is going to close. Duh, because it's with Roman. Mm-hmm. But if it's not the women's war game, if the women's war games match doesn't open, I can see this matchup opening the whole damn card because any other circumstance, this matchup should headline a card. And that is AJ Styles of the OC uh, taking on Finn Balor in a singles match. Yeah, this could possibly open the card. I don't, I'm going to say it doesn't. I'm going to agree with you that the women's war games match will open the show. Mm-hmm. But I will say that this will be midway through because this is going to be a great match. Mm-hmm. Battle of Bullet Club uh, legacies, yep. I guess we should say, yep. that now Finn Balor, uh, since he has been on the main roster returning, they've put him in the Judgment Day faction, mm-hmm. which I think is in a weird position right now. Yeah, It's at the point where I could see it breaking up and yeah. everybody going their own way. Yeah. Or if they want to try giving it one final shot to do something. But sure. But when you tie it into where it began, where Edge was showing the youth of the WWE, the the way of doing business, so to speak, it's gone away from that to now it's just four people together. Mm-hmm. One of them is really not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I, sure. Like, listen, I just think that, Dominic Mysterio really needs a lot of work if he's going to continue to do this, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not a super fan of his stuff. Mm-hmm. The biggest breakout star of this is Rhea Ripley. Oh, absolutely. No question about absolutely. that. Her stock has risen through the roof from this faction. Sure. But take nothing away from the Balor side of things. AJ Styles has been like the foil to him for a while now. And AJ, since they have reunited him with Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, have reformed the OC, which is the WWE version of the Bullet Club, which I hope they rectify and just call it Bullet Club at some point. Well, you never know. There is a whole thing with uh, Noah and New Japan going on. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of crazy business going on right now Mm -hmm. with companies working together and the real forbidden doors are getting open. Mm-hmm. However, though, let's talk about this match. Obviously, they had their match at uh, Crown Royal. Crown Jewel. Or Crown Jewel, thank you. And it went the way expected. So this yep. one is going to be a one-on-one contest. I really think it's going to be a fun match. I think oh, yeah. it's going to be great. There's going to be a lot of shenanigans. Yeah. Because you got you got to figure Gallows, Anderson, and Mia Yim, who's the new addition to the OC, uh, are, are going to be ringside along with you know the rest of Judgment Day. So Priest, uh, Dominic, and Rhea Ripley. So there's going to be a shitload of shenanigans. Yeah. 
But I still think, though, at the end of the day, AJ Styles is going to get the win here. Okay. I'm, I I just think that I could see Finn getting this, but unless it's setting up for another Wall Games type match, like where's the payoff? So I think it's going to end up being Finn for this just because they just added Mia Yim to this storyline. Mm-hmm. I do, and, and I can see the whole breakup thing happening, just not yet, because mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to, you know, you had the whole, oh, we need to figure out our, our Rhea Ripley problem. You know, we need to figure out Rhea Ripley and Mia Yim makes her return to WWE after an extended period away from, you know, doing other promotions, you know, yeah. so I don't think they're going to just add Mia Yim to then break up uh, Judgment Day mm-hmm. and, and go that way. I think it's going to lead to another matchup. And I'm going to say this. It's either going to lead to a mixed tag match with all participants involved or because and I'm just throwing this out there because I, I know Vince wasn't a fan of, of this, but I don't know Triple H's opinion on the matter. Mm hmm an actual intergender matchup between the two factions, because I, we know Vince wasn't a fan of it. That's why we never, right. we never saw it and we never saw it under triple H's uh, run with NXT. But that's again, with Vince at the helm of everything. Now that triple H is the helm of everything. Could it happen? Maybe. It's I don't le- know. It's a legit. Maybe I don't think they're going to do it. Um, I just think there's too much outside uh, influence. Sure. Uh, albeit with sure. Uh, advertisers and investors. Sure. sure. So I'm gonna say no for now, but I'm saying it could never be, say never. Could be that, or it could be a an, an, uh, mixed tag match. I think you have a mixed tag better than uh, I think than it, you have something. Tag. Something's gonna happen just because I don't think you add Mia Yim to then have a singles matchup between the two quote unquote leaders and then break one of the factions up. Yeah. I, I think the fa- the feud's gonna get extended to whatever the next. Uh, premium live event is uh down the road mm-hmm. uh next matchup we're going to talk about is the female uh women's war games match which you have uh team uh damage control which is bailey dakota kai eo sky along with uh nikki cross and rhea ripley uh taking on the team of uh team face i guess you could say they don't really have a team, team bianca uh you yeah, team bianca which is bianca belair alexa bliss oscar Mia Yim and a uh, yet to be determined uh, final uh, competitor. See, this is kind of an interesting dynamic going on here. I mean, obviously, the feud between Bailey and Bianca Belair has been absolute money. Yeah, damage control has been great. Yeah, I really like what they are doing there. The addition of Crazy Nikki Cross, oh, thank is yes. huge. Be- crazy Nikki's awesome. Yeah, which like listen, nothing against Nikki Ash, but I think. For what they're, uh, her being Sanity yeah. Nikki, oh, yeah, is is far better. Oh yeah, and I really like where they're going there. Obviously, now adding in Rhea Ripley to the mix, mm-hmm. and then you can have Mia Yim. See, like you can finally have those two face off. Sure, inside the Wall Games match as a new dynamic. Sure, but the biggest X factor is who fills that final spot. Uh huh. Now we have to think about who are some possibilities. Okay. Because obviously Alexa Bliss, yep. Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Mia Yim are yep. there. Yep, it's going to be somebody making a debut or return. Mm-hmm. Now, there is some rumor it could be Chelsea Green. Ooh, okay. I don't think it's going to be her. No, no. I it could be somebody from NXT right now. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think they would make a call up to like a Roxanne Perez. Right, right. Or I'm just trying to think who is a face down in right. NXT right now. Right. Maybe a Nikita Lyons, but I I know she yeah. just started her feud with uh, Zoe Stark, so I don't yeah. think they're, they're going to bring yeah. her up. Yeah. So if I have to make a guess at who could be a possibility here, 
I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm not going to say Sasha or Naomi, even though I'd be super happy if it was either one. Oh, yeah. No. I, will, I will tell you right now, I'd mark out like isn't, a madman. Isn't Sasha from Boston? Or she's billed as from yep. Boston? Yeah, so that, that'd blow the roof off the place. Well, I think, yeah, Sasha came back out. But I think, ultimately, Sasha comes back with Naomi. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. I yeah. think they yeah. will show up both at the same time. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say it's Tegan Knox. Okay. So, obviously, Dakota Kai's former okay. partner. Okay. They can build up a little storyline there. I think they're going to sign her back. And I think that she'll be the mystery partner. Okay. I, I got to admit, I did not consider that. I, I like that idea. Uh, just for difference sake and something different. I'm going to say it's all about her. Oh, Emma. Emma. She has returned. You know, admittedly, I don't think we've seen much of her since she's made her return. What better way to make an impact and, and show you are uh, all about this and ready to show you are not the same person you were before? Going into war games. I'd love to see Emma do this. I know that right? they, they've been doing the whole pairing with her and Madcap Moss. Yeah. Um. Which is what it is. Yeah. Um, but like I, like I said, that's just kind of been slowly starting. Sure. So, so you could definitely plug Emma in there. I think it'd be a great spotlight for yeah. her. Yeah. I'd, I'd be very happy seeing her with that. So like I say, whoever the, is going to be that fifth member, I think is going to play a big factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as for the match itself, uh, I'm going to say I think you got to give this one to Bailey. I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah. I yeah. think think because obviously those keep the title hopes going to. Yep. Um. Because I was going to say, or you know who it could be, actually, too. Hmm. I, I don't know how Becky's doing. That's true. It could That's be Becky true. Lynch. Could, it could be Becky. Yeah, because I'm just no, she's to... No, she's good enough to do some acting. She was on uh, Young Rock uh, yeah. a couple weeks ago as uh, Cindy Lauper. Yeah, I'm going to say Tegan, but I'm, not, I'm going to say as, as the leap, I'll say Becky. Put it to this way. If it's Tegan Knox, Dakota's going to break that fucking arm. Yeah. Just, and, just saying. And I'm here for this. Yes. Like, I just want to see those two fight. Like, yes. that's what I'm saying. Yes. Not, not for any injuries to happen to Tegan. Yes. Uh, but in terms of who I think is going to win, the fans. Yes. Fans win. Oh, it's going to be a great match. Fans no it's going to be, all, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, the other match, uh, and at this point, co-main, because there's only four matches announced for this card as we record, I would not be surprised if we see maybe another one or two announced before uh, this coming Saturday, uh, is a singles matchup for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, and that is Ronda Rousey defending her belt against Shotzi. This is going to be a good match. Yes. I am actually excited for it. Um, I... I think, though, this might be a little predictable, though. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't see Ronda losing. I no. like. I think the world is uh, no. Shotzi. I think that I'm super happy she's getting pushed and, and she's going to get a title shot here. Mm-hmm. I think this will be a great match. Mm-hmm. I really do think they're going to do some really fun stuff in this one. But I think this is Ronda all day. Yeah. And I think that Ronda, they're going to build Ronda up a little bit now where she's the unstoppable force, because I, I think that you might have a return of, like, a Charlotte. If Charlotte's not in war games... Oh. Because we have to remember, too... Admittedly, like, didn't think of that one. Yeah. Like, I don't think they would, because no. I, th- I think they want to build her and Ronda no. together, so I think that that's, that's yeah. the match they want to do. Yeah. But I could be wrong, but I'm going to say... Ronda goes over no matter what here. Yeah, like nothing against Shotzi. She's no. a great competitor, but she's just getting fed to Ronda because, hey, it's an in-between story time. Yeah. So I definitely think they're going to go that route. Um, I think they will throw in another mid-card title match, whether it's the yeah. U.S. Yeah. Yeah. or it's going to be um, the Intercontinental title. I'm, I'm right. going gonna... to... I could see I could see it being U.S. Rollins coming up and being like, oh, I'm bored. I don't want to sit in catering all night. Open challenge. Yeah, I could see, like, him, I could see him doing that. I could see him doing something fun like that. Because, spoiler alert, uh, Rollins, Seth Rollins is not on this card. And you know what? That would make a lot of sense, especially considering this year does mark the 10th anniversary of Roman, Seth, and 
then Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley, debuting on the main roster. Yeah. I, I can see it happening. I know there's no chance, but you imagine it was John Moxley walks out. Jesus Christ, the internet would literally break. I know. That I might know. that might be the straw that breaks Twitter's back. Twitter might actually break yeah. if that happens. No, but I, I'm going to say Seth Open Challenge. I think they'll sure, get at it. I could see it. Uh, and then the main event, because, hey, it's involving Roman Reigns, is the men's War Games match. War Games! Is, which is the bloodline in Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, Sami Zayn, and the Usos and Jimmy and Jay Uso taking on the Brawling Brutes, that being Sheamus, Rich Holland, and Butch, Drew McIntyre, and there was the final spot we were wondering about. Who's, yeah. Who's it going to go Let's to? Let's talk about this. Who's it going to go to? There were rumors and even uh, reports put out that the final man of Team Brawling Brutes, I guess you could call him, was going to be Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. But then the, the proverbial wrench got thrown into things at the house show a couple of weeks ago where reportedly uh, Kevin Owens came down and tweaked his knee, and it was reports were that it was an MCL strain, which if you did a quick Google, Google search unless you're a uh, doctor with medical experience told you six week recovery at the least which i'm no mathematician statistician i looked at the calendar and that went, would take him out of war games i would take him out of war games you know but hey could still do something on the mic could still keep him there uh so a lot of speculation and and put out by who's it going to be because the report came out from you know the sean ross saps and what have you the other wrestling report yeah, the dave Meltzer's and the company. dave Meltzer's and company that like hey yeah kevin owens was slated to be the final uh participant in the war games matchup but who knows now so we get to friday and you have the smackdown uh the the, the fox uh world cup thing going on 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 smackdown because here in the united states the fox uh, broadcasting company does own the broadcasting rights to the World Cup, you know, so they're doing a little bit of synergy between that and, and SmackDown. You had a matchup going on between uh, Sami Zayn and Rid, uh, Ridge Holland, you know, Ridge Holland picking up the victory. So, well, conveniently enough, the two factions for War Games are out there, Ro- minus Roman. So you have the awesome. If you haven't seen the video, it's an awesome. It's an awesome uh, video from the broadcast where Roman comes out and starts laying out everybody. Although I got to say, Roman sauntering out slowly. Mm-hmm to his theme song looking badass with Paul Heyman holding the belts all the while the bloodlines getting their asses kicked yeah no it, it, it's absolutely perfect uh-huh. I mean what they do there you know so Roman comes out you know Superman punch spear and all this and he's wrecking house and just like it looks like they're ready to stand tall whose music hits Kevin Owens yeah he's ready to go he's good to go and he is your final participant in the war games matchup yeah so the big swerve came out so all the early reports of kevin owens being out for a while appeared to be inaccurate or whatever the case is greatly exaggerated greatly exaggerated i think that's probably the nicest way to put it so we do have ko being in the match which i think everybody was very excited for and as long as everything stays on course with that i think that's going to be a big thing Mm -hmm. obviously moving forward this match is going to be excellent. Oh, yeah, it is. And I think that one team that is going to be very, very undervalued in this is the Brawling Brutes. Yeah. Pete Dunn has been in a War Games mm-hmm. before, so he knows what he's doing there. Sheamus is very solid there. And I would say Ridge Holland will be solid there as well, too. Yeah. I mean, Ridge is going to be the kind of the X factor because I don't think he's ever been in something like this. No, I don't think so. Not to my knowledge. No, but I think everybody else there will definitely pick up the slack. This is going to tell the storyline, and it's going to definitely move everything forward because mm-hmm. ultimately we're going to get to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn taking on the Usos for the belts. Yeah, oh yeah. That is going to happen. That's oh going yeah. to be mania. You, oh yeah. you can't tell me otherwise. And I think this is a nice thing to get Roman over if Roman does go there. I know that uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different storylines they could go instead, 
But I think this will set up for Roman and his next challenger, which I don't know if they're going to set up him and Drew. I think they're going to go him and Sheamus. I could see Sheamus. Yeah, which I think would make a lot more sense. So that could be your Royal Rumble opponent. Sheamus and Roman have a lot of history at Survivor Series. Yes, they do. Case in point, money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Hello? So this could be some fun storytelling that's going to happen it's on It's going to be here. a great card. Yeah, it's going to be a great card. So i definitely going to say Bloodline wins. Mm-hmm. But I think something happens that Sammy almost costs them yeah. the match. So I think yeah. the, the tears are going to happen there. Mm-hmm. And we should also note that if you do not subscribe to the Peacock Network, uh, they are running their Black Friday deal again this year where um, if you are a new subscriber, and I, this is for new subscribers, you can get the ad tier, uh, ad tier so the one with ads, mm-hmm. for $0.99 cents a month for a year. Yeah. yeah. So this is for new subscribers. So if you're looking at, if you're not a subscriber to the Peacock uh, for whatever reason, hey, your own, your own choice, I respect that, mm-hmm. uh, you can get the Peacock uh, if you're, again, if you are a new subscriber for $0.99 cents a month for a year. So you can literally get this pay-per-view for $0.99. Cents, yes. Which is a steal. Take advantage of it, folks. It's going to be definitely one to watch. They could add some more matches to it. I'm not I doubting. Think, I think they're gonna. I'm not doubting Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight get something Ooh, going here too. Could be. I don't know if that's gonna be too soon, but I'm definitely here for it. If they want to go there, like I said, I think one of the mid card titles is gonna get defended. Probably. And it's yeah. gonna be a good. It's just gonna be a great night of wrestling. So you definitely want to make sure you check it out, and definitely hit us up on the hashtag hashtag #odpagepod. What is your thoughts about Survivor Series Wall Games? JVD is gonna be marking out wherever he is for the amount of times I had to do the William Regal impression. Survivor Series what now? Wall Games. Okay. So we definitely have got some great matches going on. Who you think's winning and who you think's walking out with some belts, maybe, perhaps? Uh, is anybody calling Shotzi in the upset? Let's talk about it, shall we? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Tom from Tom Joe Lou. This is Matt from Sideroom Sounds. And you're listening to ODPH Podcast. Wanna go where no one knows my name Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, what you got? Got a couple things to talk about. Uh, The first of which is obviously the local minute. And we actually got to look at the standings because, hey, normally by this point, the hockey team is so far out of first place, it ain't even worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. But, hey, they're actually still in it. Hey, now. Looking at the federal hockey uh, prospects, or excuse me, the federal prospects hockey league standings uh, for the Empire Division. Uh, First place, you have the Danbury Hattricks in first place. Our own Binghamton Black Bears are sitting right there in second place. Oh, let's go. Uh, uh, and right behind them, you've got Watertown, Delaware, and then Elmira. Looking at the schedule from this past week, they had two games, uh, the first of which was on Friday uh, against the Delaware Thunder. That was on the road. They won that game by the final score of 3-1. to Came back home Saturday night uh, to play the Delaware Thunder again. They won that game by the final score of 5-1. to Looking ahead at their schedule this upcoming week, they've got one home game. Uh, that is this coming Wednesday, 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. They're playing the Danbury Hat Tricks. Uh, and then Friday and Saturday, they are on the road to play the Port Huron Prowlers. Uh, the Friday game is at 7.05 p.m. Eastern, and then the Saturday game is at 6.05 p.m. Eastern. Don't worry, though. You ain't got long to wait for the return home because they are back home for two more uh, home games the following week. Uh, so for more tickets, information, and all that good stuff, BinghamtonBlackBears.com. Then we got to talk some soccer. 
Yes, it's World Cup time. Or, or as the world, rest of the world calls it, football. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the World Cup is kicked off over in Qatar, the wonderful progressive uh, forward-leaning uh, country that is Qatar. Uh, and if you can't t- tell my sarcasm by that statement, uh, look up some of the stuff they've done online. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at some of the groups, though, you've got, whoa, my screen just jumped there. Uh, you've got in Group A, the Netherlands, Ecuador, uh, Senegal, and Qatar. Group B, you've got England, Wales, the United States, and Iran. Group C, you've got Argentina, Mexico, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. Group D, you've got Australia, Denmark, France, and Tunisia. Group E is Costa Rica, Germany, Japan, and Spain. Group F is Belgium, Canada, Croatia, and Morocco. Group G is Brazil, Cameroon, Serbia, and Switzerland. And then Group H is Ghana, South Korea, Portugal, and Uruguay. Uh, so the games have already kicked off. You had the host uh, host team in the wonderful progressive progressive city that is uh, or, uh, country that is Qatar take on Ecuador, where for the first time, if I read the stat right, for the first time in World Cup history, the host team went scoreless in their first game, uh, <laughs> losing to Ecuador by the final score of two to nothing. Oh wow! That was on Sunday. Uh, the games today, as we record, were England defeated Iran by the final score of six to two. Uh, Singal, or Netherlands beat Singal by a final score of 2 to nothing, And then the United States tied with Wales in a score of 1-1-1. Uh, the United States scored fairly early through, uh, in the, thir- the 36th minute, but Wales came back on a penalty kick in the 82nd minute to tie it up. So, yeah, not as bad as a loss, but hey, a tie, right, tie, doesn't, tie help matters. doesn't help matters. Uh, looking ahead to the games, uh, so for Tuesday, you've got Argentina taking on Saudi Arabia, Denmark taking on Tunisia, Mexico taking on Poland, and France taking on Australia. Uh, on Wednesday, you've got Morocco taking on Croatia, Germany taking on Japan, Spain taking on Croatia, uh, Costa Rica, and then Belgium taking on Canada. For Thursday, you've got Switzerland taking on Cameroon, Uruguay taking on South Korea, Portugal taking on Ghana, and Brazil taking on Serbia. For uh, Friday, you've got Wales taking on Iran, Qatar taking on Senegal, the Netherlands and taking on Ecuador, and in a rematch of the United States uh, uh, Revolution, you've got England taking on the United States. Hey, now. Kick your ass once, <laughs> we'll do it again, god damn it. Uh, although, thank you for all the help you've given us all over the years. Yes, true. But still, kick your ass. Uh, you've got, well, you don't talk about the War of 1812 in, the, in this country. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, you've got uh, on Saturday, Tunisia taking on Australia, Poland taking on Saudi Arabia, France taking on Denmark, and then Argentina taking on Mexico. Uh, And then Sunday, you've got Japan taking on Costa Rica, Belgium taking on Morocco, Croatia taking on Canada, and Spain taking on Germany. Uh, And then lastly, on Monday, you've got Cameroon taking on Serbia, South Korea taking on Ghana, Brazil taking on Switzerland, and then Portugal taking on Uruguay. Uh, All these games, or most of these games, in the United States will be on Fox. Uh, Check your local listings for what time they start. Uh, Overseas, Google. Yes, so it's always a fun time watching yeah. the World Cup. I will say, like, we don't follow soccer that much. I follow it a little bit. I'm, get, I'm getting into it. Right. You're getting more into it than I am. So it is a very cool thing to World see. World Cup though. is cool, though. Yeah, World Cup, I will say I get up for. So yeah. that's one I'm definitely going to be paying attention to as we're going on here. So you probably see us tweet out some uh, stuff going on yeah. for it. But obviously, it, it's a very cool atmosphere to watch. Like, it's something that I didn't appreciate when I was younger. Sure. But the more as I've gone older and I've gone out to establishments, sure, like you see how many people get up for the game. Oh yeah, it's very infectious. Oh yeah, so definitely I will say go Team USA and mm-hmm. uh, let's hope we pull out something. But uh, yeah, tough break though. Giving them tie, ties not as bad as a loss, but it it don't help. Right. So mine, I have two 
One, okay. a little MMA news that came across the wire. Okay. Fedor Emelianenko. Oh, Christ. Yes. Uh, this man's not dead yet? No, he's not, but we are going to be having his final MMA f- title f- or fight. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Against Ryan Bader. Jesus Christ. What is this, 2003? I know. Well, it's Bellator. Oh, that, uh, that explains it. So reading off the Brett Akamato ESPN article, Fedor, the one of the most iconic uh, mixed martial artists of all time, will make the final walk of his career in 2023. Uh, Emilio 46, is Jesus. going to challenge Bellator MMA heavyweight champion Ryan Bader for the Bellator at Bellator 290. February 4th, the event will take place inside the Kia Forum in Inglewood, California, and air on CBS. Really? Yes. Interesting. So that is kind of big because CBS has not done a MMA fight in quite some time. Yeah, it's been a while. You know, I want to say since Strike Force, at least, yeah, and and nothing huge. No, no, because I I know Fedor was on one of those cards, and uh, I honestly forget who he fought mm-hmm. at that point. Um, so obviously a legend in these sports. So it's kind of cool that he's getting a big profile send off. Yeah, this. Um, and for the reason we're kind of ragging on him, well, folks, I'm looking at his record in 47 professional matches. He has a record of 40 wins, six losses, one no contest. Yes, folks, he's. 46 years old, you said? Mm-hmm. So he's fought more fights than than he's been alive. Yeah. Uh, his last fight was on October 23rd of 2021, where he knocked out Timothy Johnson. That was at Bellator 269. Uh, his first ever professional fight. And mind you, this is his first professional fight. There's probably some uh, amateur fights that could predate this. Uh, but his first fight was for a federation called Rings Russia in what was called Russia versus Bulgaria. God, that sounds weird. Yeah. Uh, against a gentleman by the name of Martin Lazarov, where he picked up the submission win on a guillotine choke. Ready for the date? Where were you on the 21st of May, 2000? This oh. man has been fighting for 22 years. Jesus. Yeah. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Obviously, his track record outside the UFC is very, very noteworthy. Obviously, his time and pride is what really stands out. Um, I know he dabbled, obviously, with Strike Force, yep. as we talked about. Uh, he was always the guy, though, they, the UFC could never pull in. Mm-hmm. And I know at one point... The fight was eventually him and Brock Lesnar when Brock right. was at the height of MMA. Yeah, and I think that's the one Dana White has gone on record. Like somebody asked him in like a Q&A or like a Reddit AMA or something like that where it was like, oh, what's the one fight you, you genuinely regret you didn't get to make? And I think that's the one Dana said was was Brock Fedor. Yeah, that would have been arguably the biggest fight in MMA history. No question about it. God, can you imagine the buy rates? Well, that's the thing. Fuck. Because if memory serves me right, and, and do not quote me, I'm just – there's been so much rumors going on with this. Like the one that always kind of stood out is they were going to do this fight at uh, Dallas Cowboy Stadium. Oh, okay. And it would have been the biggest uh, grossing event I think for MMA his- in, in MMA history. And yeah, the buy rate would have been through the roof. Like if they could have actually pulled this off. I know Brock wanted to do it really bad. And this is the definition of reasons yeah. that it never got done. Um, I wish I had a better explanation. I don't. So uh, this is a take this with a grain of salt. This is according to the, the Wikipedia page uh, for Fedor Emelenko. Uh, under the section that says unsuccessful negotiations with the UFC, it says, quote, after the collapse of afflict- affliction, UFC president Dana White tried repeatedly to sign Emelenko to an exclusive UFC contract. White said of Emelenko, quote, he has become my obsession. I want it worse than the fans want it. Close quote. Widely considered to be the best heavyweight MMA fighter at the time, Emelinko would receive an immediate title shot against then-current UFC heavyweight champion Brock Lesnar, an event that White deemed huge. 
after reportedly offering Emelenko a contract worth just under $2 million U.S. million per fight with incentives to make much more based on pay-per-view, pay-per-view revenues for fights that he headlined. Negotiations fell apart after Emelenko's management team demanded a co-promotion with UFC and M1 Global, terms which White deemed unacceptable. In 2012, White tried to lure Emelenko out of retirement after overwhelming fans demanded for a UFC bout between Emelenko and Brock Lesnar. However, White stated that Emelenko was firmly retired. Yeah. <laughs> that was in 2012, so 10 years later. Yeah, it's, about that. It, it's a weird thing with that uh, that history of Fedor and the UFC. I'd love to see a 30 for 30 on that. Oh, that'd be wild. I would love to see one because... Get, get fucking uh, Daniel Cormier to narrate it. Oh my god, yeah. Like you it's a story that needs to be told and I would love to hear both sides of this like tell it separately and then we make the decision. Sure. Cuz I there's so many moving parts. It's a lot that, of he said she said. Yeah. That it would be wild to see like where the disconnect was because like I say, if this fight had actually happened, it would have been the biggest fight in MMA oh history. God. Oh god, yeah, for the time. Yeah. I I still think it would it would hold that record. I think nobody would touch that buy rate. Cuz the one thing you have to think about pad is Lesnar has that WWE audience. Fedor has that other Federation's audience, if you will. Sure. And if you put all of them together, watching in unison. Yeah, that's true. Like, that would have been a huge buy rate. So that would have been something. Uh, so according to the website uh, statistissa.com, uh, which the headline is Leading U- Ultimate Fighting Championship Pay-Per-View Events as of August 2022 by Number of Buys, uh, and this is in the millions. So apparently the number one uh, buy rate uh, pay-per-view of all time was Habib versus Conor McGregor at UFC 229. That was 2.4 million buys. I believe it. Uh, number two is uh, Diaz versus McGregor 2. That was at UFC 202, which was at 1.6 million buys. Uh, Poirier versus McGregor 2 at UFC 257, also 1.6 million buys. Uh, Poirier versus McGregor 3 at two, UFC 264 was at 1.5 million buys. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, for, for its time with where those guys were at, yeah, they would have clutched 2.4. They would drop five. Easily. They would drop five. It definitely would have happened. I would say mid to low fours. I don't know if I'd necessarily go five. No, I think, honestly, at that point, you're talking WWE audience. Yeah. You're talking UFC audience. We're also talking pay-per-views that aren't $90 a buy. Right. You're talking a $50 shot Yeah. at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they would have cleared it. It would have been ridiculous. I didn't think so, but you know what? You're talking me into it. Yeah. No, I legit, I've always said they would clear five. And it, nobody would ever come close. Connor would not. Connor Habib would have been the only thing close to it. Maybe Chael Anderson Silva at the time, number two. But other than that, no way. You, you have too many audiences that would have been watching in unison. Nobody would have came close. Nobody. No. And then I guess we'll kind of close uh, to clarify something that was said last week, a little uh, cryptic, I guess. <laughs> so Get your popcorn ready. Well, I would say get your popcorn ready for 607 TWS this week. Because <laughs> I know we have a lot to say about it. But as of time being, you will not be hearing us cover All Elite Wrestling on this podcast. I had nothing to do with it. No, Pat had nothing to do with it. I, my views on AEW are known, but... For once, my hands are clean on this one. Yeah, there is a situation going on, I guess is the yeah. easiest way to describe it, that yeah. um, has not been clarified nope, um, or resolved yet. So as of right now, 
we're not going to be covering them on here. Mm-hmm. We still will be talking about them on 607 TWS, but if you're looking for that on Blocks Count Anywhere or you're looking for that on the ODPH network, you're not going to find it. Mm-hmm. Until we get some resolution about something that transpired. It's a it's a fluid situation that has been going on for two weeks now? Three, three weeks? Two, week, uh, two weeks and change? Ten days. Ten days. So Since la- uh, Friday before last. So, yeah, go, going on two weeks where... You know, it was presented to to us in a not so clear way. We reached out to the parties that be for clarification and some kind of, you know, confirmation or, or just kind of like, all right, hey, is this what we think is going on? Uh, the parties that be have yet to respond to us in any way, shape or form. You know, and we've reached out, what, three times now? Four times? Four times. We've reached out to them via email four times and have yet to receive a response back from them. Radio silence. So, hence the reason why we're not exactly to give firm answer on what is going on as well. We haven't been given one. Right. No, we, we were given a idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we well, ha- well we, we were given a, a prospect of what it could be, and we kind of connected the dots ourselves. Yeah, we connected the dots they ourselves. They have yet to say anything, and while we'd like to just get some confirmation on, is this what's going on? Is this the reasoning? We've yet to get anything. Right. No. So we are kind of sitting here in the dark about it. Yep. So we're going to go dark about it. We're not going to be talking about them on here. If you want to hear us talk about that, 607TWS. Or you can feel free to tweet them directly Hmm. and uh, get their opinion on the matter to be. Yep. I guess that's kind of the easiest way we can put it very politically correct. Yeah. Because there's a lot of confusion going on. And I guess as far as we go here at the ODPH... If it's done, it's done. Mm-hmm. I'm not losing sleep about it. You know, I'm not. Yeah. And like I said, I got nothing to do with this. No, Pat is completely clear on this one. <laughs> uh, we, we Like I say, this week's 607 TWS, if you haven't listened before, might be the one episode you want to listen to. I'll say, you know, if you're all familiar, there's the Jeremy Clarkson gif. Oh, no. Anyway, Ken told me this news. That was my reaction. Oh, no. Anyway. Yeah, that's. That's kind of our reaction here, but yeah. um, another member of the team we are banking has got something to say <laughs> about it. So we're just going to leave it at that. If you need to find out how to get to 607TWS, use the ODPH directory. It is We have the link right there. It's like go to your favorite podcast platform and just t- go to the search function and type in 607. It should turn up right there. Yeah, but uh, we will not be discussing All Elite Wrestling uh, for further notice. And we're just going to leave it at that. And for more clarification, you know where to go for that. And that's how we're going to end things concerning them for right now. And as for this podcast, it's very simple. Uh, for anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. That's all for this week. So for the one and only Padawan J. Fuck the Astros. I'm your host, Ken M. Wherever you are in the world, have a happy Thanksgiving if this is the one podcast you're listening to. But if you're checking us out, we are coming back tomorrow for the entertainment edition. But in the meantime, listen, have a very safe and happy holiday with your loved ones and go enjoy life. Thank you as always for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time. I'm gonna be down to the punch. I'm gonna be down to the punch.